Hey guys, this is Muffy Bradshaw and I, man, I feel very excited today. And I think that's the first time I've actually announced like my full pseudonym in our podcasts. But anywho, so today we have a special guest on the Muffy Bradshaw podcast and I call, his name is Quentin. I call him Quentin, but we were talking off air and I found out that I am literally the only one. The who, only person. The only person who calls him Quentin. So I'm going to really try my best to refer to you as Q, like all of your friends and family. All right. So Q is here with us. You want to say hello to my wonderful listeners? Greetings, listeners. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's keeping it short and sweet. And today we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to be talking about relationship deal breakers and red flags and all that good stuff and as you know if you've listened to us you know that we go off on tangents sometimes so we could be talking about literally anything anything but the focus the notes say that we're going to be talking about mistakes and all that stuff and one thing you guys that i really try to do is not to ever make this podcast sex specific because dating involves both sexes and I don't ever want to be one-sided right Q Correct. because if I am not mistaken you've had your share of dating and you've had your share of experiences in dating I've had my fair share of dating <laughs> marriage engagements all of the above I've, I've, I've been around the field a couple of times <laughs> So, yeah, I've made my fair share of mistakes, and I've been with people who've made their fair share of mistakes as well. Okay, okay. So that goes to show you that it's not just women who make mistakes, or there's just so much more. There's so much more to it. So before we get into the good stuff, I don't know if you all have been listening, but if not, you can catch up on season one. But we've been talking a lot about approach Mm -hmm. also, like... What does approach look like now? Like, are you sliding in DMs? Are we, do people come up to people anymore if they're interested? Things like that, Mm -hmm. right? Now, my personal experience with approach is that I don't get approached in person a lot. Really? Yes, really. Okay. And so a lot, lately I've been getting just a lot of social media approaches Okay. And you coming, you know, you being the opposite sex, mm-hmm. I would like to hear like your take on social media approaching women. Do women approach you? Like, what does that look like for you? Um, I actually approached you via social media. <laughs> oh my god! So. This isn't wait. This isn't on the notes. This isn't on the notes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so I mean, just to be candid and completely transparent. Completely transparent. We're working um, on that. Yes. I think if that's your comfort zone, then by all means. I don't think an individual should do what's out of their comfort zone because it comes off as not organic or, you know, just not authentic. And you might have an individual who might instantly make mistakes because they're not doing something that they're accustomed to. Mm -hmm. So if they are the the behind-the-scenes individual, you know, like myself, for example. Can I just ask you, what does behind the scenes mean? So behind the scenes means if I get rejected, I don't have to see your face, your facial expression while you're rejecting me. Because (laughs) women 
have a tendency, just based off of my experience, that they, uh-huh. they, they can't control their facial expressions. So their words might be saying one thing, but their face might be saying something completely different. Okay. So if you tell me no, that's one thing. But to tell me no and then for me to see no on top of that or how you're telling me no, that's uh-huh. completely different. And you can have an individual, depending on how strong they are or, you know, how... how <clears throat> thick their skin is they can have a breakdown and they can actually uh, feel they can actually look at you with despise and and mm-hmm. hatred moving forward when you're just simply not interested right but right a not interest can turn into hatred depending on the person that you turn off right you know right so, so that's the, behind the scenes person so it's like the rejection piece because Liv and I have talked about like rejection and how it just doesn't feel good for anyone correct and you know what? I think we may have been right because the rejection piece is huge mm-hmm. so if you're approaching someone and you see a woman who you're interested in and you're physically approaching her the physical act of rejection is like oh my goodness but if you do it on social media it could soften the blow Absolutely. it'll just be like i'm not going to respond to your message i'm gonna leave you on red r-e-a-d not the color red <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna leave you on red and right. that's just gonna be your so- we're, we're gonna call that soft rejection it's yeah. a soft rejection as opposed to you being like hey what's your name right but you know what honestly i think the older that i've gotten q you see i got it you got it that's so weird i never call you good that's, so weird it sounds good um though. So the older that I've gotten, I've appreciated, even though I may have not been interested in some of the people who've approached me, which is very far and few between, uh-huh. I still appreciated the chutzpah or just the respect of the reproach. You see what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't like, a, right. um, hey, you know, what's going on? Well, there was a Walmart. And let me just say, no, wait, no. I, you know, I shouldn't be recording this because I am... I was an AFL-CIO intern, and I should never be shopping at Walmart, but on the rare occasion that I do, it was a very, it's only for holidays when I, because their fried chicken is really good. On the rare occasion that I'm at Walmart. Mm-hmm. So anyway, there was a Walmart attendant, mm-hmm. probably like 22, okay? Mm-hmm. And his approach compared to like someone who's our age, like in their 30s, right. his approach was, hey, yeah. Hey, 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 you and the Uggs. I'm like, uh, all right. No, thank <laughs> I'm like, no, thank you. But, I, but, 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 if someone were to approach me, even if I weren't interested in them, mm-hmm. if they came correctly, I would, I would appreciate that way more than the Walmart attendant. You see what I'm saying? Right. So, women and men, in my, in our world, well, in my world, because I... I I do get approached. I just don't ever get approached on social media. Whoa, okay, wait, this is huge. So wait, you're saying that you don't get approached, like you get approached in person by women a lot? Correct. So what does that look like when a woman approaches you in person? It's very different than male approach. It, or, depending on the woman, it could be very direct. Uh, Examples. Most, mostly, it's not, it's mostly work-related or... Yeah, it's mostly work related, um, and sometimes it's if if I'm out, uh, and you might have that random one person that you know they they might approach depending on and depending on what they say, uh, you'll get the vibe. But it it looks like work wise at least emails. Again, that's the behind the curtain. 
Wait a minute. I wait. Hold oh, on. Sure. Wait a minute. Can oh, we for just? Sure. I told y'all we get off topic, but wait a minute. <laughs> so wait, you're gonna Quentin. You're gonna look me in my eyes and uh-huh. tell me that a woman has approached you via a work email. That is not professional. It's not professional at all. What is think, going on? I think one person actually got terminated because of it. <sighs> Because she was completely inappropriate. I mean, just completely inappropriate. <laughs> if you guys can see his face right now. Wait <laughs> a minute. The viewers and I would like to know what, like, okay, we don't have to get into the details of the email. Uh-huh. But just in general, how does someone approach you via a work email? Like, that's just a little bit crazy to me. So it always starts off with a hello, you know, and then it kind of turns into most of them don't even ask my relationship status mm. they just go right into uh either a b c or x y z it's never it's always after the fact so by the way are are you seeing somebody right now you know what what is your situation wow. so they kind of just glaze right over that and and that's kind of different because generally for men that's kind of one of the first things that we offer up or ask like mm. so you know are, if we're out, we ask, so are you here with somebody mm. or is there somebody there? But most most of the women that have approached me wow, have crazy. literally scanned right over that and just went to what it was that they wanted. Again, a lot of them are direct because a lot of them are older women. And I say older, meaning between the ages of 35 and 45, that that 10 year range. So they so they know a lot of women know exactly what they want at that point. OK, Um but it's just very direct. I am so surprised to hear. I would have, like, I, then my profession, I'm not around a whole lot of attractive men. <laughs> but I would, I, that's just, that's something that I would never do. We're going to pull that, you guys. We're going to put that on the poll. How many of you all would slide in a work DM? That's insane to me. So uh, yeah, that happens. just goes to tell you that approaches are just different. It's just different. Um, mm-hmm. And it looks different. Mm-hmm. That's insane. So what about social media? So Liv and I have talked a lot about sliding in the DMs, episode two. Uh-huh. <laughs> We've talked a lot about sliding in the DMs and what that looks like for for us ladies. Mm-hmm. But you as a man, like what does that approach look like for you when the women slide in the DMs? Even though you said it was far in between, what does it look like for you? Um, I'm trying to remember the last time that that happened because it doesn't... Yeah, it's okay. not, I, think, I think a lot of... And I've talked to women about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they say that they like, they like the chase or they like the man to be the approacher. Mm. So that's why you might see a lot of women not going that direction of being the approacher because they feel like that's the man's responsibility. Mm-hmm. And they feel like if the man has an interest, he would take that, that route. Um, but Do you believe that? Uh, yes and no, because you have aggressive men and then you have individuals like myself who are who will sit back and observe everything and be like, yeah, that's a very attractive individual right there. I would I would definitely talk to her, but I'm not going to talk to her because, again, that fear of rejection. And okay. it's again that. But yeah, it's that fear of rejection. But via social media, I don't I haven't tried to talk to uh, an individual via social media i couldn't tell you i couldn't tell you the last time that i did that okay. because um 
again, sometimes, like you stated, sometimes you might just leave somebody on red, and you'll get that, you'll get that understanding, like, all right, so maybe I shouldn't have shot my shot. Shoot your shot. Oh, we were just talking about shooting your shot. Yeah. And it, we were it, just it, talking about that, Liv and I, on the podcast. And sometimes shoot you can shoot shot. a three, you can bring it up. Sometimes you can even go for a layup and miss something that you think is right there, something you know you can have, or somebody you know you can get, and you can still miss. You can still yeah. miss by a long shot. But I think that, I think that just the risk of rejection and again it doesn't feel good for anybody like male or female but i think the risk of rejection can sometimes outweigh your chances of meeting someone who mm-hmm. is because there was a poll out um not a poll but a um a ted talks out talking about women don't approach they usually have that idea like you were saying like a man will i would like a man to approach me and i'm not gonna front like i would ideally like someone to approach me if they're interested in me. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't, it doesn't happen in person a lot. Um, approach whatever that means to you via social media. That does happen sometimes. But I would ideally like for Amanda to approach me, but I'm starting to kind of get into that other role where I may not physically be like, walk up to you like, hey, how are you? Can I get mm-hmm. your note like that? I may not go that far, but maybe eye contact or a smile or something that just subtly lets the person know that I'm interested. Um, and I referenced, that's how I met my boyfriend from my t- two boyfriends ago. That's how we met. Like, mm-hmm. I literally just smiled. I'm like, oh, okay, sat right next to me. And that was it. And the conversation just commence from there Mm -hmm. so it just it just depends so and i don't think i asked you this are you what's your relationship status i'm single single so are you dating are you like i date i go out you date you go out end quote okay can you explain what see because dating is so subjective so what does that mean to you when you say like you date um meaning I'll spend time with individuals. I'll spend time with people. I will give them time. I, I will get to know somebody and see if we have that that chemistry. I'm not every weekend just at on my couch <laughs> or, you know, in my bed or just on social media. But um, it's me literally finding somebody that I can connect with, click with, that we on the same page with, with some of my quirkiness, with some of my standoffness. And, you know, mm-hmm. we kind of complement and balance each other out. So that's, when I say I'm dating, I'm, I'm, I'm progressively looking for that. But you can only effectively look for that by literally having that and, and weeding out the individuals that you know, okay, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not going to work. Okay, this might be this might work if we can work on these if we if we can work on these things right here. But yeah, I see I I I go out. Okay. So and that that kind of has me thinking because there there are a lot of just people who feel like they're just just a lot of women, I'm just going to just say, a lot of women don't feel like there are a lot of good men quote unquote left. And I would like to emphatically state, I do not believe that. I am totally, I totally don't believe that. I don't but, but that is, that's the consensus with a lot of people. Correct. So I'm going to ask you, because you're single, mm-hmm. we're the, around the same age. You are, you're older than me. I'm still 35. I am still considered mid to early 30s. Okay. Um, okay. You've crossed the bridge to late 30s at, at 36. Which is yeah. all good. Okay, I'm being petty. Um, but no, seriously. So a yeah. lot of people like around their age are just mm-hmm. like, there's just not, there's not, 
there aren't enough good men or women left. Do you feel like there are good women left? Like, what is your take on that? It's just, it's something that I hear. It's something that I see. It's something that a lot of my clients complain about. But it's, it's, a, it's a real thing that people say. I think they, some people might be looking for a specific type. And I think we are accustomed to dating the same type over and over again. So when you're, when you're stuck in that type, you might say that there aren't any good men or women because you're saying effect, uh, effectively that there aren't any more good men or women of this type. Mm, that's, so, that's a good point. So you have to come outside of the normality of what you're used to and start saying, okay, I, I know that this is my type um, so let me try a different type because my type isn't working. Mm. So if, if you're the individual that's saying my type isn't working, then you might have to try something different. So, so naturally a person might say that, yeah, there aren't any good people left if you're streamlining a specific type. Okay. I don't, I disagree that there aren't good men or women. Um, you see good women, good men all the time. I think... It's, I think the, the, the nonsense is broadcast so much that the good is actually overshadowed mm. by, by the nonsense. So it's kind of mm-hmm. hard to, to filter in the good when you see so much bad. I mm-hmm. mean, you got all these reality shows. All, oh you, see is the, all you see is the, the nonsense. So, of course, right. if, if you like that type, of, that type of atmosphere, that type of atmosphere, and you like those types of men or and or women mm-hmm. um or that's that's your expectation then you see uh st- you might see stefan or kel over here to the right and, and not even pay him any mind <laughs> shout out to the 90s you, you might not even pay him any <laughs> mind because that's not what that's not what you're used to seeing again that's not your type you're used to this 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 nonsense over here because that's what's portrayed. So mm. of course, if 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 you're following what's being portrayed, yeah, you you might be right in saying there aren't any good because they're not portraying any good. To be perfectly honest. Mm, okay, I, I see that. So I think what I what I'm hearing you say is that if people would just open up, will be a little more open minded on what they peg as their type then they would probably have a better chance of meeting more good people. If they were if they were not strictly focusing on a certain type or a certain look, mm-hmm. then they would maybe have more chances of meeting someone who is not pegged as, oh my God, you're a bad person, you're a bad guy or a woman. I don't necessarily like to use the word type because I I just I I kind of disagree with because I know me personally, I don't have a type. But so let's say you have an individual. You don't have a physical that, type. I don't. Okay. I like I like people that I can get along with. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. I'm not just streamlining my my relationship to one specific thing. Like I know okay. people who only date light skin. They they don't they don't do anything dark. They don't do anything medium. It's just light. So in that realm and in that reality. So if you consistently, this is just an example, if you're consistently dating only light and then you can say, and then you make a statement that says 
you know, all of these light-skinned people, there's no good light-skinned people or there's no good people out here that exist. They're all, all men are dogs or whatever the case may be. You, you're making that statement based off of this, this one narrow window that you've been looking out the entire time. Meanwhile, there's a door over here to the left. There's an attic over here to the right. You're missing all of these other avenues because you've streamlined it. And you're, and in your mind, you're only saying this because that's the only thing that you've been dealing with. Okay. You have to think, you have to, you have to, it has to be a little bit bigger than, than the one specific. And I, and I don't like to really use the word type uh-huh. uh, in that scenario, but... I guess that's the best way that I can describe what I'm trying to say. Okay. So let's just move. Let's just move. And I don't want this to be interviewee. Um, <laughs> right. Because I'm like, okay, next point. No, but I see what you're saying. You're, I, I, that makes sense. Um, I've never been the type of person to ever think there aren't any good men. Um, from my experience, even though I am currently single, so that obviously means that I have exes. Mm-hmm. Um, none of them were bad for mm-hmm. bad guys just didn't work out and i'm still optimistic but then again right. i'm not i feel like i kind of go against the grain in terms of because it's easy to be discouraged i think uh, because of social media or what's this, like societal norms it's easy to be discouraged if you're um if you've been single for you know a certain amount of time but yeah I, I i i hear you i hear you so let me ask you this because you you said at the very beginning of the show that You've been through, I think it was a marriage and an engagement. Facts. So I know you personally, so I know Mm -hmm. you're not engaged now. Correct. And I know you're not married. (laughs) Correct. And you've just said to us that you are dating. Correct. So I would assume, (laughs) welcome to the club of dating mistakes, I would assume that um, you've made mistakes in dating. Absolutely. Obviously, right? I mean, I feel like everyone has made a freaking mistake in dating. If If you're past... 18, you've made a dating mistake or a relationship mistake that Mm -hmm. just has taught you a lesson. Mm -hmm. And I would really like to, um, (laughs) y'all gonna know all my business. Y'all gonna know all my stuff by like the end of season two, I promise you. Oh my goodness. But I've made tons of dating mistakes. And I think that my biggest dating mistake to date is I am, I'm not really, I'm kind of guarded with my feelings. And that has kind of come back around I don't want to say to haunt me but I'm not very open with my feelings okay. and I think that it's um it can confuse people because generally I'm, I'm nice I'm oh, well I think I'm nice and I'm I'm social and I think I communicate well mm-hmm. but I think the the paradox is that even though I do all of that I'm still pretty guarded and it's affected it's affected a lot of my relationships so with that said okay what would you say have been your biggest life lessons with dating? Life lessons? Um, I'm a guarded individual, too. I, I literally came to this epiphany maybe three days ago that I think individuals the individuals that i've dated or the individuals that i was married or the individual wait a minute individual the individual that i was married to (laughs) an individual that i was engaged to couldn't couldn't understand my love because 
I probably didn't love myself. So I couldn't give them what they were looking for in that regard. And that kind of, that wasn't the overall uh, issues that, you know, existed in those situations. But I think that might have been one of the underlying things that I, that I disguised uh, because I probably didn't know. I don't think I knew at the time, but I think that was one of the underlying things that I definitely disguised and tried to just continue moving forward without any disguise, type of traction. Dis- disguise that you didn't love yourself? Correct. Okay. Correct. So what does that mean when you say, like, what does that mean? I'm still trying to figure that yeah. out. I'm still trying yeah. to figure out what me not loving myself means mm-hmm. and, or me loving myself. I'm tr- I'm actually on both ends of that spectrum. I'm, right. trying, to, I'm trying to really understand... Number one, what love is. I know I know love exists. I just don't think I know exactly what that is for me. Mm. You know, I don't think mm-hmm. I know how to show that in a relationship or how to how to give that part of me up to say, Okay, you can have that. You know, I don't think um uh I'm that altruistic to to where I know how to relinquish that and sacrifice something about myself that either I have or don't have being love and just offer that off to someone else Mm -hmm. you know wholeheartedly a hundred percent so that's definitely one of the one of the issue or one of the problems that I could see now since hindsight is 2020 of course of course uh, effectively affecting mm-hmm. you know those situations no i think you know what first of all i think that that is probably the biggest thing that you could do is just kind of self-reflect mm-hmm. and the fact that you kind of know what the mistake is mm-hmm. and i'm it is so interesting to hear you say that because i think so many of us move to the next relationship blaming and blaming is easy to do because it takes the pressure off of us Mm -hmm. and it makes us feel like totally unaccountable like we didn't do anything I don't and I don't like to say the word wrong but we didn't do anything that we could have done better in relationships and it's just easy to be like oh my god like he didn't because it's trust me it's very easy for me to blame okay (laughs) he didn't do this he didn't do that Mm -hmm. but it takes a very very self-reflective person to remove the blame for the girlfriend or boyfriend or whomever mm-hmm. and really be more retrospective like or introspective introspective retrospective yeah introspective right anyway y'all know what i'm trying to say no but <laughs> no but seriously like it, it takes a lot because you have to you have to self-reflect and that is and i promise you to our listeners and, and to myself i'm speaking to myself i'm speaking to you mm-hmm. That's the only way that we can heal and that we can get better with any relationship. And that's not limited to boyfriend, girlfriend. It's limited to friendships. It's limited to um, family relationships, Mm -hmm. like self-reflection and just being able to stop and think about the things that we can improve is, I promise you, the first thing that that you need to do to heal. Absolutely. You know, healing consists of, like, if you, if you picture a scab or a, a scar that you have it 
heals best from the inside out, not the outside in. Uh-huh. And a lot of people, you know, they, they have these wounds from previous relationships, previous marriages, whatever the case may be. And they use, they go straight to the next person and without properly healing. And they're using that person as the bandage. You uh-huh. know? So they're trying to heal from the outside in uh-huh. instead of the inside out. You know, when you, when something, when something expires, you know, you kind of have to be like, all right, let me stop and figure out everything that this person said was wrong. Everything and take it into consideration, either A, they were correct or B, they were incorrect. And you take that and you kind of kind of study yourself about it. Like, is this were they right when they said this? And if you can self-evaluate and, and come to the conclusion that they were correct, then that's something that, you know, you need to work on. Right. And working on things step by step is progressive healing. And that's you progressively healing from the inside out. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Absolutely. The correct way. The correct way. The That's correct the way. operative phrase. The correct way. The correct way. Because we you're going to heal eventually. Time heals all. But but you know what? I have to be 100% real. And I'm not... You know what I'm going to stop doing? Like, I am going to stop referencing my relationships with, like, time specifics. Because it's going to be obvious of the people. Not every... Because I don't post my relationships on social media. So uh-huh. I'm just going to start... Instead of saying my last relationship. And I think I did that earlier in the show. But instead so. of saying like my last relationship or two boyfriends ago or being that specific, I'm just going right, to generalize now. I know, I know. <laughs> but you see, this is why I don't post anything on social media because those people who don't know me personally will have absolutely, you don't even know who I'm talking about. I don't. See, and, and, and Quentin and I are friends. Like he doesn't even know. So I'm, it's Correct. just like if you, my point, moving on. So I'm just going to say in one of my relationships, um, I don't know if everyone is healed. And I don't know if everyone, I think that some people go to, unfortunately, some people go to the grave unhealed. And that's because there is a serious epidemic of not taking accountability mm-hmm. and making excuses. And I had a relationship where that was part of the downfall. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't want to be... This is going to sound harsh, and I don't mean it in that way, but I don't want to be someone's therapist. Um, I I would like for someone... So my my goal for the next relationship, Quentin, is for that person to be emotionally intelligent. And I think that a lot of us, especially in our community, like we don't like to talk about mental health. We don't like to talk about our feelings. We don't like... We like to kind of just make do. Mm -hmm. Okay, why do I feel like... See, y'all... See, we're not we're not airing this in real time, so you guys will probably hear about like what's like politically what's going on, and this is not a political podcast, but I feel like I'm about to get on my soapbox real quick. But we as black people, we don't have the the privilege of just um, we're, we we don't have the privileges of of we just have different expectations, and we our our first priority a lot of times is not. Our mental health, because we're, we have so many other things that we're dealing with. Correct. Um, I'll just say that and take it how you want it. I'm not going to get into spe- specifics, but it's, it's not easy dating someone who's not emotionally intelligent. That's the point I'm trying to make. Explain emotionally intelligent. Well, emotionally intelligent means that you are able to look inside first and not necessarily place blame on other people. So... You're able to self-reflect and you're able to change. Uh You're able to 
set your goals and you're, you're able to know what triggers you. You're mm-hmm. able to know um, what it looks like when you're being codependent. You're mm-hmm. able to recognize your patterns in the healthy patterns and the unhealthy patterns. You're able to um, recognize the relationships that you shouldn't be in mm-hmm. and why you're attracted to that person. Because there's a lot of codependency going on. Like, I'm naturally, and I'm going to be totally honest, I am naturally a helper. Like, my profession, I'm helping people. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that's just something innately that I was born with. I just like to help. I like to rescue um, animals and people, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just who I am as a person. Right. And so I'm going to be totally honest. I have been, oh, this is, oh, my goodness. This is hard for me to say, but this is me being emotionally intelligent. Mm-hmm. I've been in a lot of codependent relationships and the codependent, and I'm like, see, in code, people have to understand what codependency is. Um, it's not limited to like drug use or, or anything like that. Cause that's right. how I would kind of like internalize. Oh, okay. Codependency. But if you're dependent on a person for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and you can't provide yourself, whatever that thing is, you're dependent. That's a codependency and it's reciprocal. Right. So, with that said, um, I would be the helper in the relationships, and a lot of my relationships, the other person would be the receiver. And it would be different, it would be in different ways, like, it wouldn't be, like, a lot of the people that I've been involved with, a lot of the people, that doesn't sound right, but, (laughs) (laughs) but no, my past, but my past relationships um, have been, like, a lot of them have been like that. Hmm. Or I'm seeding into you because it makes me feel good. Like I'm, I'm depending on you to just, you know, um, to make me feel good about helping you. That's a codependency. It could be innocent, but it's still a, a codependent relationship. Interesting. Yeah. I feel like I rambled because we were not prepared to talk about that. So right. I feel like I was really rambly. But I hope you all got the gist of what a codependent... And I'll post it on the page. But it's... Yeah. Think about it. I've never heard of emotionally intelligent. intelligent. Yeah, it, it's... It makes sense, though. Because it makes there sense. are a lot of emotionally ignorant individuals out here. Me included. Me we included. all are in some, I think, some regard. It's not, yeah. First of all, it's not fun to be emotionally intelligent. Because that means you have to own your stuff. Like, yeah, I have I to own that. my stuff. I and I know that. that I have not been the best girlfriend in a lot of situations, even though I was, I was a good girlfriend. Uh, my, most, my, last, my recent one. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, being, being emotionally intelligent, it doesn't feel good. And you have to look at patterns. You have to yeah. look at... It's, it literally embodies everything. How you were raised. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, what, sure. what unhealthy patterns have your... Even though everyone loves their parents, what unhealthy patterns have your parents passed down to you that you're... That you're um, that you're passing down to your right. relationships or your kids. Yeah. Um, why do you keep attracting the same person or mm-hmm. you, you keep on repeating the same patterns? Why do you, why is there, why do you always feel like you, there's a need to be in a relationship? Like you have to analyze oh, okay. that stuff. And sometimes being emotionally intelligent means getting a therapist. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. But oh, some people can't not. do it on their own. They need a professional. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh! Uh-huh. What like what's our? <laughs> I, I, I feel some spirit in that one. No, so, first of all, you know, here's my thing with therapy, and I would be a hit, like for the for those who don't know, I am just. Um, this seems like a lot when I say it out loud, but four hundred hours away. Mm. <laughs> um, excuse me. <laughs> I know I got choked up. I'm stressed. I'm stressed. <laughs> 
No, I'm 400 hours away uh, from my uh, master's degree in. I want to be a therapist eventually. Oh, so I'm a, I'm a proponent. Uh, it'll be my second uh, yeah, master's. Second. Yes, just, yeah, um, podcast resume. That. Yeah, no. Yeah. I was like, yay. Congrats, congrats. Thank you, honey. Thank in, you. In advance. Thank you. it's already yours for sure. Yes, you better claim that. And for those of you who don't... Oh, wait. Well, I don't want to say because it's a surprise. But Quentin is working on some things too. So, but anyway, we digress. Y'all know me by now. This is probably going to be like episode seven or eight or nine. This is season two. So, I don't know if I'm going to just continue the numbers or we're going to start back on episode two, season one. But um, if you guys have been listening to us for a while, you know that the Muffy Bradshaw podcast is kind of random, but kind of not. Maybe that should be our tagline. I don't know. Hey, I mean, um, it could be, <laughs> I think we're going to hit on a lot of nails. We are. And what I was, what I was saying is that um, I'm a proponent of therapy. Mm-hmm. I went to therapy one time. Um, and it's hard to find a good therapist. It's I hard. Agree. Um, I, I went one, no, actually I went twice and it's hard for a therapist to find a therapist because we know, like we just look at things a little bit differently mm-hmm. and I, I will be honest. I was kind of picking like the whole session apart. Like, well, she shouldn't have done this. She shouldn't have done. So yeah, but I'm, I'm a fan of therapy. Everybody should. And therapy, you don't need to go to therapy because something is wrong. Like right. you can maintain your mental health by going to therapy. Right. You don't sometimes necessarily go just, because you want to fix your mental health. Right. It could be a little bit of everything. Sometimes you just need somebody to talk to that understands. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a level of understanding. Sometimes you have conversations with people who don't even understand from your from your perspective or just from the level that you're talking to them at, because either they've never been in type in the type of situation that you're describing to them, or they just really don't fully grasp the 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 level in which you are actually approaching them either with a problem or mm-hmm. with an issue it doesn't always necessarily have to be a problem or an issue but right. you know that's one of the things that need to be definitely understood in a relationship is is communication at a level of understanding uh, you have to be able to communicate to where both of y'all understand uh, each other when you do speak you can't speak over somebody you can't be condescending to somebody you kind of got to meet them right at the middle with everything community communicative wise uh-huh. uh, so a lot of people talk to therapists because they they might feel like that therapist can talk to them and they can understand each other on that level right because the person at home they're not understanding on their level <laughs> that's That's true yeah no that's true so i think that therapy is good how do we get like what are we like how do we even oh my goodness i feel like (laughs) we we just (laughs) oh my goodness so but no i think this was good to hear i think this was kind of like a more serious podcast usually i'm um light and airy but i think i think mental health is serious though i think it's important especially for for us um, in the black community, I think that it's it should be talked about a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I know this is old news now, but even with um, Ye, that's what I call him, like I know him, but Kanye West. Um, and I, I would like to just state that I do not agree with anything that he's been saying in the media Currently, whatsoever. Right. But I... the first... Go ahead. No, no, no. I know you. I can see, like, if you can see Quentin's face, it's just like, oh, my gosh. But, no, still, so I don't agree with any of his political standpoints. Mm-hmm. Um, I am extremely boat. liberal. Always have been. So, yeah, that's just not going to happen. I won't. I don't agree with anything he's saying, but you can see that he needs 
he like he's meant he's just mentally not there something is wrong he needs a male role model and it's he's a celebrity celebrities can have role models you know we yeah. we look at celebrities as the role model but who does the celebrity look to as the role model you know yeah, so just... we can't elevate these people to a level to where they feel like they can't talk to somebody like cuz he apparently he feels like he's god yeah, with the Yeezus, now he's calling an, an album Yandi. You know, so he feels like he's on the supreme being level. So who does the supreme being talk to? Just think about that. If he needs help, if a supreme being needs help, if God needed help, who would God talk to? <laughs> it, that's that's the problem that you run into. Right. And the other problem that you run into is if you believe that you're a God or you're the supreme being, everything that you say is law and correct. So nobody can judge you, which is correct. But you run into this 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 realm of you're not this you're not a deity. So everything that you're saying and everything that you're doing, you are being scrutinized, you are being judged, you are being ridiculed, and you are being held accountable for everything that you are saying and everything that you are doing because it is affecting everyone. Well, maybe not everyone. It's affecting a lot of individuals mm. who had looked up to you as that role model, and they right. are essentially removing you as that role model figure, and you're just becoming a role. No yeah. longer a model. Yeah, so, no, no, I, I hear you. And I guess to bring it back full circle, he needs, mental health is a real thing. Yes. <laughs> mental health is a real thing. Yes, and I think that if we are in our sound mind, and mm -hmm. if we are continually practicing just holding ourselves accountable and not misplacing blame for the things mm -hmm. that we may have done in relationships... I think that that will prevent a lot of repetitive relationship mistakes. Um, again, I'm working on me, so I need to be a little more vulnerable. That's a huge thing for me. Mm -hmm. I'm very, very guarded, and um, that's something that I'm owning. That's something that I'm working through. Mm -hmm. And it's, I mean, that's just, it is what it is. So, with that said, <laughs> um, I know, I'm just like, ah. Is there anything else? Like, I know you said the loving you first was one of your biggest relationship mistakes. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else? Like, do you feel like that women, do you feel like women and men may make different mistakes? Or do you feel like it's just more so like it's an individual thing? Do you feel like it's sex specific? Like, I don't know. Like, uh, I'm thinking like, oh, I don't really know if it's going to be, if it's sex specific. It just depends to me. Here's kind of what naturally happens, I think. I think... If you're in a relationship for, let's say, let's use two years, and that relationship ends, and that relationship ends with the information saying, that person saying that, okay, these are the issues that I had with you. So naturally, what you're going to automatically work on are those issues. Mm -hmm. So you're going to go into your next relationship carrying that, that you just worked on these issues. But you're kind of leaving behind working on anything else that might need to be worked on. Right. So you're going into this new relationship like, yeah, okay, now this isn't a problem, but there are still other problems. So I uh -huh. think mentally a lot of people are carrying, we call it baggage, uh -huh. we're carrying the, the, the worked on issues into our new relationship and also the unworked on issues uh -huh. into that relationship 
which the new person might not have had an issue with the things that you worked on. That might yeah, not that might right. not have been you know the issue. Th- their that might not have been their problem. Mm-hmm. So you still going into this situation with this with this pattern of yourself, uh, right. regardless of what it might be, because you haven't taken the time to work on a hundred percent, which is going to be impossible because you're not going to be perfect for anybody. Well, you're going to. Wait, you I'm can't not. Be, I'm not going to be perfect let me, for any. Let no, me I'm rephrase. just. I'm just. I'm just being. We are dramatic. not going to be perfect individuals <laughs> in any relationship. We are perfect for someone. There's always somebody perfect for us, but there's always going to be a problem regardless of, of how much you work on whatever it is that you're working on Uh um so with that being said you know i carry around a lot of the same actually i take that back out of out of the what four or five relationships that i've been in maybe there's been one consistent uh issue that has been pointed out and people use it interchangeably and i think they might be using this word incorrectly Wait, one consistent issue with you correct okay correct. that was gonna be my next question but that's good that and i didn't have to set it up this might be me not owning it but i think they use it i think it's being used incorrectly uh but it's it's just it's selfish so so wait so you're saying that all of your exes would say that you're selfish. Not all of them. I would say there's only I'm been sorry, four of two. them. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I said I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, all, 50 all of, of your exes. All 50 of them. But I would say out of the, the main relationship, the, the major relationships, the ones that I've been in for two years plus, mm-hmm. uh, they would, they could probably make that, that argument. Okay. Um, so do you agree with that? Do you feel like you were selfish in your relationships? In certain regard, yes. Okay. Depending on what it depending on what they were calling selfish. Okay. Uh self okay, so selfish to me has a couple of different meanings. Like when I think of selfish, I think of if I have twenty dollars and you ask me for ten, you and I won't give you ten. That's to me is selfish. Mm-hmm. But I would never do that. Mm-hmm. If I have twenty, we have twenty. So I don't look at selfish like that. They they are more so using selfish as you're not giving the same thing that I'm giving. Hmm. So that that goes back to me not loving them right because I because so like affect like do you mean like affection wise? Correct. Okay, so the the lack of affection was a thing. Correct. Okay, eh, not in all of them. Uh, well, the ones you're referencing. Um. Early on, I didn't even, I didn't know what affection was. Like my first relationship, mm-hmm. very first relationship, I'm 17 years old. I don't, oh, I don't yeah, really that's, know. I, I don't really know affection. I don't know love. <laughs> I don't know any of that. So that one, I could say it counts, but it really doesn't count. Mm-hmm. But as an adult, uh, when I, my second relationship, when I was 24, mm-hmm. um, it was absolutely, I was definitely selfish with my emotions, selfish with right. my affection selfish with my time mm-hmm. um, I, I disregarded that mm-hmm. relationship after a certain period of time because I started lacking an interest to be perfectly honest okay um, and, and so a couple of other things ensued but um in, in a in a realm of consistency I guess selfish would be a, a, a common theme okay that has plagued me and I and I effectively work on that like year after year relationship after relationship so that nobody can say hey you're selfish 
And you'll and I'll still hear it from time to time. But it just, again, it just depends on what they're referencing. It's interesting. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what my well I know what my exes would say because that was going to be my question to you what would your exes say what would they collectively like if they came together and they all came to a consensus what would they say that was like the biggest issue mm-hmm. and I was again this is about being emotionally intelligent thinking about like not like misplacing blame um <laughs> oh my gosh my exes would say that I was probably selfish too and I- because it's mm-hmm. easy to say. Well, no, but it was, I mean, in being totally real, like, I, I can definitely see, um, not necessarily with, like, some of my more recent relationships, mm-hmm. but most certainly in my past relationships, um, I was not, I, I could definitely see why they would say I was selfish, for sure. So, um, it's not, because in a relationship, you are making, like, sacrifices, mm-hmm. and you're, you're over, I don't want to say overextending, but I don't know, I don't know a better word, but overextending it, so I guess I would encourage, um, because we're, oh my gosh, it's time, oh my god, it's time to go now, but I would, I would encourage our listeners to, and I want to challenge you all to just think about your past relationships, and the things that, were very easy to blame on someone else. Mm-hmm. I want you to kind of redirect that thinking and ask yourself, what are some of the things that you can do for your next relationship to make yourself better and not be codependent? And I encourage you guys to look up just what codependency is. I it, We weren't planning to talk about this already, Quentin. Like, it all. just kind of came up. So happened. I do apologize, but you know me, I'm going to, I'm going to come. We're going to, we're going to bookmark the whole codependency thing because I think it's important. But I encourage you all to also look it up for yourself and just look and see what that is and kind of put yourself in those definitions and just um, go from there. So, oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, my God. I feel like I was, like, cramming that all in, like, 30 seconds. So, first of all, Quentin, I would like to thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Anytime. And you guys, thank you for listening. This was a long one today. Uh, Oh, my goodness. It's, like, 50 minutes. But I... Please give us five stars and follow me on the Muffy Bradshaw podcast, or you can just Google Muffy Bradshaw. I'll come up. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, and very, very soon we will be available on Spotify. So as always, guys, Mm. thank you so much for listening, and we will see you all next week. Any final words, Mr. Quentin? I would say I would leave everybody with this. Just heal appropriately. Heal from the inside out, not from the outside in. Stitches are always better than a bandage. Yes, yes, yes. All right, guys. Until next time. Bye. Peace.